Blog Talk Radio. downloading a truck and could not make it at the beginning of the show. Today we are going to welcome music sensation Mr. Al Stone, but that will be in a few minutes. I first want to give thanks to Josh Guild and Larry Gromer for our intro and our outro. That was uh, Larry and Josh on guitars, and Josh and Larry also produced the licks. And a quick update on my mom. I know a lot of you have been keeping her in your thoughts and prayers Um, For those who didn't tune in last week or haven't been on my Facebook wall, she is now out of her coma. She still has a tracheotomy, so she's not able to communicate except by mouthing words, but at least she is conscious and doing that. And my stepfather is getting really good at reading lips. Um, She's in and out of surgery every day or every other day, so that is frustrating and continues to be. But she's, she's making progress, even if sometimes it seems like two steps forward, one step back. At least it's not the reverse. Um, For anybody who wants to call in today and speak either to myself or to Mr. Stone, the phone number is 347-205-9943. Make sure after you get in, you press number one to be brought into the queue so I know that you want to speak to either one of us. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play The Captain by Al Stone, and then after that song is through, I am going to bring him on. So here we are with The Captain.
And that was the captain from Mr. Al Stone. And without any further ado, I'm going to bring on Mr. Stone himself. Al, how are you doing? Hey, Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. That deep, burly voice. Uh, that deep voice. Ah. <laughs> I can't help it. All right, I'll try to talk like without it, but I don't know if I can. No, you can't. We love that. <laughs> yeah, I have a sister, an older sister that played music for years, and she was in like all kinds of blues bands, and there's a famous drummer named Bob Carter who's like, well-known in the blues industry, and he worked for years in it with all the great people, and I've known him since I was 14 because he used to be her roommate and was in her blues band Oh wow! when I was like 14 years old, you know, and he passed away like last year, oh, um, but his name is Bob Carter, and he's from Chicago, and and, you know, she always told me that I should sing more in that voice. And it's like, when I'm in the studio, you know, they keep telling me, do it again, do it again, do it again, until they do it like they think it should be, and it always comes out like what you heard on the tape. Oh, I love So I let them do the thing in the studio because I figure them guys have been behind that control booth a lot longer than I have, you know? Now, um, what did you write this song, or who wrote this song? Yeah, every what? song that you ever hear on any of my recordings I wrote. I have never done a cover recording ever. That's amazing. So few artists are like that. Well, I got one that I'm going to do now, but it's my secret weapon. I don't want to tell anybody because I found a song <laughs> that has never been recorded the style I'm doing it. And I really admire Johnny Winters and, and oh. David Lindley and people like that on Slide, right? Yeah. So I, when I play Slide, it's got that, you know, raggedy kind of old-time Mississippi style. You know what I mean? So what? And I really like that. And, uh, and, and you know, I mean, I understand Johnny came from Texas. I played yeah. Port Arthur's Blue Sus, but, you know, I'm But I'm saying it's got that, you know. And to be honest with you, this song, I wrote this song on Slide, and I was trying to put these words to it that I wrote for it, but I kept coming back to this. Words of a song that's, a, I'll give you a hint, I'm not going to tell you what song it is, but it was written by Eddie Cochran originally. And and it just comes off so sadly that I can't put my words to it. I have, it's, it's calling out loudly to do this song as a cover. So it will be my first cover. Then you have to do it. And considering you've been in the business for over 30 years, I would say that, that that's a pretty long haul to not have covered anything. So you've earned it. <laughs> well, you know, here's the funny part. My first typical thing, uh, you know, a lot of me guy at 14 years old, I guess. But <laughs> I had a girlfriend, and she had a birthmark when she closed her eye. You could see it on her eyelid, right? Right. So everybody always jokingly called her red eye. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, it was just a big fun guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so my first song was Red Eye Baby. Oh, <laughs> that was a blues song. It was a one four five, real simple, you know. He'd play it, thinking he's playing the blues. And, uh, you know, so I've been doing that kind of stuff since then, even, you know. Okay, we do already have a caller in the queue, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them in. Oh, okay. Caller, you're on Hi. air, area code 904. That's me. Hi, Al. Oh, it's my Debbie. gosh. All right, everybody, i got to tell you who this is. <laughs> this is uh, Debbie Debbie. She's the woman that you just heard from the backups on Captain, the supporting vocals. She did all of them. That was uh, me going, that, uh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I was the, I was the yeah, ah, Debbie, ah. Debbie uh, has uh, a long history of playing with some uh, really fabulous players in jazz. And, uh, well, she even did that thing with uh, the Skinner uh, band during the reunion time. She was uh, one of the, yeah. Yeah, actually, I did the tour um 1988, 89, 90, 91, 92, I think. Three or four years. Oh, wow. How fun. Yeah, it was after the reunion band, Al. It was when um, they went to court to get their name back, Leonard Skinner's name. Right. Remember that? <laughs> they couldn't, I do. Yeah, so they had a reunion band. They couldn't use the name, but then they got the name back, and then that's when I toured with them with this. Little oh, awesome. dinner after the the attorney. <laughs> and Debbie is a fabulous voice of Jacksonville. In my opinion, she's one of the greatest stealers. Oh, she's so, so shy about it at times. But honestly, oh my gosh, to see this girl do her jazz. <laughs> yeah, Terry. Well, she has Terry, to be if she's working silly. with you. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's she came to the recording studio, and I think I had to cover her gas. That was my expense for her. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> 
Did you, did you I'm pay them like that? That's why I gave you a big hug and told you how much I love you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always had you in my... I don't even remember the other girl. What was the other girl's name that used to sit in jazz or time often? What? Uh, I didn't yeah. hear you. The other woman that sang jazz around Jackson with the piano guy from UNF. I don't... It was other... supposed to be you and her. The other oh, woman I... who sang around Jackson with the piano guy. I don't know what you what you're talking about. Well, there was two of you. I was supposed to be you and her, and she didn't get in the studio. I heard she got mad at me about it. You're kidding? Yeah, I, this is news to me. <laughs> what, <laughs> what know, talk, I mean, we'll talk. Well, that's what that's how come you ended up doing your own backup. I'm supporting vocals to your supporting vocals. Oh you did all the parts because I had one person. Oh my goodness! See how lucky I am. I'm lucky. No, how lucky I am. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, okay. Debbie, how is Al to work with? He's oh. wonderful. You know, he's he's got this big smile on his face, and he's just happy, happy guy. You know, he's, he's great. That's not he, always found in the music industry or any yeah. of the entertainment business. A lot of people get, once they reach his level of entertaining and success, they they can tend to get a little less personal, a little more impersonal. Yeah, well, that I he, guess. He's an I mean, anomaly and an, an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's really Al special. He and people that's why people love him because he's just himself and you know, on stage off stage, he's the same guy. He's really sensitive and he cares about people and um and he's just He's Al Stone. <laughs> He's great. Hey, don't tell anybody that. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, you, didn't, you didn't tell me what to say, you know. You told me you were going to be on radio. Didn't you, you didn't you. edit me, so, you know, you know, watch out. You yeah, know, you that's yeah, like the old days, right? Here's a list of questions you can ask our star. Right. <laughs> <You didn't tell. laughs> I don't do that. I think people appreciate nowadays the honesty in people and music. Yeah. I think they really appreciate you really being who you are, no fake, no show. I mean, they like the show when they go see a show. They want to see you dress cool and they want to see you do your show. But, you know, because that's part of it. You bring that little bit of theater into it, you know, and it's all a good thing. But, but you can very much. It's true. Being a realist is a very important issue nowadays. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can't lie. The audience knows. I mean, they they can tell. You know, that's what I've found out. You know, if you're you're faking them, you know, or you know, just not being real, they they know. You can't. You're kind of up there naked, you know, <laughs> on stage pretty much. And it's you know, I learned that a long time ago. You just have to be yourself, and and they get and the audience knows. You know, they figure it out pretty quickly. They're smart. <laughs> Really well, they appreciate you being down to earth, and and what you see is what I you think get. So, so. I, I think so. Yeah. Well, and thanks very much for calling, Debbie. We really yeah. appreciate you calling and supporting Al. And and yeah. did you say she was on the song I just played, Al? Yes, yeah, that was her singing the the supporting vocals, and Cap, she's also on a couple of the other songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to change it, which is kind of like a kind of a locked up version of uh, you know Louis Fred's that been a long time for so rock and roll dressing kind of style thing. Uh, she's the she's the vocalist with me on that, and uh, oh, and uh, uh, strange. Oh yeah, that, I like that song. That's my favorite song. We're gonna song. play "Don't Try to Change Me" today and "Walking Cane," and I want it all. So if she's on oh. any of those, we'll be hearing you. She's on. She's on. Don't try to change me. She's yeah. got the goody voice on that one. The one she always tells me, "Don't make me do that." <laughs> she says, yeah, that's I'm, how a, he's in the I'm a, uh, a veteran woman here singing, and I have to save my voice for the good stuff. <laughs> oh. Al, you're you so know, funny. Yeah, I'm kidding, I love right? you.
Well, that was nice. What a surprise. And you know what, Terry, honestly, I, I set that up for you today. I think the world of you. I think you do a fabulous show. And uh, I called up Debbie and said, hey, Debbie, you know, what's going on today? You got time to make a call or I got something for you? She said, okay. And we didn't even really discuss it. I just oh, told her it was a show I was doing. How supportive your friends are? That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm honored. Now, March 7th, is that Pisces? Say it again? March 7th, is that Pisces? Yeah, yeah. I'm a you're, fish on top. You're a fish. I'm a fish on top. <laughs> you know, my ex-husband is a Pisces. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> That's why we always talk. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure them out through by a. You must be a Libra. <laughs> no, I'm a Capricorn, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, well, that's what we always tell Capricorns that they're Libra. I'm only kidding. <laughs> 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 trying to save my cool there, you know. Hey, it's not the 80s. I don't know anything about that anymore. <laughs> we're we're very stubborn and bullheaded, but we're we also are very passionate and uh, loyal, and we're very much the family person. So even though we're outgoing and and we have a lot of drive, we're very much stay at home and and love our man and our children. You know what? I kind of noticed that about you. I I actually visualize you that, and then there's this other side of you that's just crazy and fun. And that's an important issue because I think in life it's a journey. And, you know, everybody, i, I got to tell you this while we've got an opportunity. I'll make this short. But really, I'm not kidding about this. I am so overwhelmed and irritated and don't even want to do too many live shows anymore because there are so many people out there that are so desperate to make it. And it's not about that. No. <laughs> I mean, success comes because success comes. You know, that isn't the goal. The no. goal is to love your art and just do it. Yes, exactly. exactly. That's all and, it is. And even with this radio show, I so just stumbled into it. It was not planned. It was so accidental and such a blessing. And I have, at the same time, I mean, we've been real successful, especially since we came back in September. Our numbers have, like, quadrupled. And I know it sounds arrogant or something, but there's a secret handshake between guys that are famous. I have a lot of famous friends that we talk just like my friends that I grew up with in my hometown neighborhood. There is no talk about the success. Occasionally, we're like, hey, man, you know what I'm doing? And they're like, oh, cool, man. You know, we're talking about, like, guys that got hot on cars or something. It's just something you do. Exactly. It's not really about the success. I mean, you know, it's nice to get a little food on the table and be paid. And, you know, I've been asked many times to come play all over this country. And I, I drop it in their lap. So if they book it, well, how much you need? I tell them I'm not your need, and I don't hear from them no more. Well, it's like my ex-fiance used to say, look, I'm nobody special. And you, between, you know, I don't want to drop names, but you know who it is because we've known yeah. each other personally. But he would just say, I'm nobody special. I'm just me, and I have a different job than a lot of people. That's and exactly the way the real people look at it. We yeah. just do what we do, we do and if we get a break for the success here and there yeah. and make a little money, that's great, but it doesn't mean we still don't do our art. Exactly, exactly, and you know, and I mean, like really, most people in I know how to build a house from the ground up. Well, see, that's awesome when you're multifaceted and, and you can do more than one thing because, you know, that's why people say that, you know, when I see these stupid posts about, you know, it's not even worth spending the money on furthering your education because you can make more money doing blah, 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 X, Y, Z, instead of, you know, pursuing your master's or doctors and whatever. I'm like, you know, that's such shit and hogwash because... For me, I'm the perpetual student. Whether or not I use <laughs> I'm my degree, of life like that. whether or not I, you know, end up using my degree, I mean, I I can't even fathom not continuing to learn things. And I have uh, such a diversified field of, uh, you know, where my orders are and things that I'm doing, and so much on my plate sometimes, uh, maybe too what? much, but because I. I know how to do all those things, and I want to learn how to do 20,000 more things. And I can't imagine somebody getting to the point in life where it's all about the money and they don't want to continue learning. Right. I, I totally understand where you're getting at there, and I will tell you, it, it, it's, uh, like I said again, it's, it's the journey is the cool part, not the yeah. destination. You've know, heard that by many Buddha oh. and people that but are so like that, you know, spiritual. That. And it might sound like new agey bullshit, but it's not. 
No, it really it's isn't. True. It's living right now and enjoying this second. Because if anybody asks me right this second how things go, I go, I've been saying, it's wonderful. I'm having a great conversation with a friend. Yes, exactly. And, and, and likewise, likewise. <laughs> I have no delusions of grandeur. I'm just, you know, I'm just me doing what I enjoy doing. I, you know, I used to say to people this. I used to say all great things must first wear a terrifying and monstrous mask to inscribe themselves on the hearts of humanity, and they'd go, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but do they actually want you to repeat it? <laughs> or yeah, I know. I was on an interview one time, and the guy yeah. looked the mic at me. It was at a live show I was doing, and the radio station was all set up there with their broadcast equipment. They were all ready to do this great interview, and I did that. I walked up. And he says, sir, I stand. How are you there? I said, I'm tired. He says, well, say something profound. And I said that, and I walked away. <laughs> that was the I said, wait, you know, that's what he wanted. <laughs> there, there's the depth of my, pro- <laughs> my being profound. And he just looked at his, you know, co-host and went, what did he say? <laughs> and then he says, oh, hell, could you say that again? I was gone. I just kept going. <laughs> I'm never turning any interview with him. <laughs> Now, now, who were your earlier influences? I, I already mentioned. Ah, that. I knew those questions were going to call it sooner. If I, I tell you, don't kid and laugh at me now. Buddy? No, I'm not going to laugh. Tell me. No, else. I'm completely self-taught. But I'm completely self-taught. But everybody in my family, everybody in my family, my three older sisters had a touring all-girl band that did originals and all that back in the days of the Runaways. They played all over the country. They were called the Diamond Lens. They were friends with people from the Who. Joe Wright is still my best friend. He's, uh, you know, like one of the ladies from Zeppelin. Real good friends with Paige and all that. He was in a couple of super groups that had people from Bad Company and everything in it, you know. And he had a band called the Olympic Runners during the disco days. And uh, so I was always around a whole lot of people that my mom would be cooking breakfast for after these gigs. But they were famous people. And she made clothes for people, stage clothes, stuff like that, uh, so awesome. which I learned how to do, so I used to make on my own. See? I didn't um, pass it, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I'm always thought, I was one of these studies to how to sew. Do you knit? <laughs> uh, no, but I do sew, and I do appliques, mostly stuff like that. It makes it simple to do, you know, but they look good. <laughs> like, you know, the rose lines running up your pants, like stuff. I was doing that when I was a freshman in high oh school. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I design clothes by drawing them a little. Do the appliques on the legs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's the thing. So, so everybody in my family plays. So my influences, honestly, were from my mother and father's um, collection of records, which was Betsy Smith and uh, Louis Armstrong and uh, Hank Williams Sr. Was one of my daddy's favorites. Yeah, and Hank Williams Sr. and. Uh, uh, Roy Acuff. I heard the car song on the highway, but I didn't hear nobody play. You know, that's what I grew up playing. It was like country blues, you know? Yep. And, and then I started as a little bit younger. Okay, my first gig, I was like 12 or 13. Oh, wow. It was a backyard gig. And I had... Uh, Did you charge admission? Yeah, well, no, you just got paid. We thought we were rich, man. We got paid five bucks each. You got paid at 12 years old? That's awesome. Yeah, I got five dollars. <laughs> but we played the back of red like four times because it was like one of the songs we knew. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and and the very first gig that was not paying was in sixth grade. I had a singing group. And we sang uh, Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones in front of our class. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we uh, stood up by the blackboard and sang, and when it comes to that part with the drum beat, that boom, 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 we all turned around and beat on the legs there, you put the chalk in the eraser. <laughs> this is stupid, but I always thought we were just, like, so cool. Are any of these same people still in your band? Uh, you no, like I, 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 uh, you know, I had a really great conversation with a friend of mine that was a really good friend of mine. Uh, from freshman year in high school, uh, they call him Chicago Bob. It's uh, Bob Mandarino. There's another Chicago Bob that I don't know who this guy is, and none of them do either. But Bob Mandarino, I taught him guitar. He didn't, like, probably, well, when I went home to my hometown, I was 
really hard with at least seven guys that said they were the reason they played. I was the reason they played, or I taught them. But Bob always been I taught, and uh, he uh, he played with all the old-time original blues guys, even some of the original Maxwell Street guys, which is only a couple of them still alive. And uh, they all know who I am, and like. Everybody so, knows who Teddy Waters' drummer. I'm really good friends with him. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so Bob told me, uh, you know, a lot of interesting things about my past that I didn't know because I lost track of them for 20 years because I changed my name. My real name's not Al Stone. Okay. I don't mind people knowing it now. My real name's Al Cardozo. Oh, you're a mafia boy. <laughs> well, no, but I grew up around all that, and I grew up in the same neighborhood, but they're, they're friends. I mean, I grew up in the neighborhood people, you know. Yeah, you were Chicago-born, were you not? And and now you're yeah, in Yeah, it's outside. Well, I was actually born in Chicago, uh, Inglewood area, which is a bad area now. Uh, but I uh, moved to a suburb called Markham, oh. and uh, in April, last April, I did a show there. That was set up to a lot of those people as a big reunion for all the local neighborhoods, like, and it it, it means Oak Forest, Tilly Park, Alfred, Markham, Milosian, Harvey, Oak Lawn, all these people. They all came to the show, and so it was like this huge reunion. And it got filmed for a uh, live video concert, which was actually going to end up a pay per view. But what happened was, when I heard it. I buried it. I said, nobody will ever hear that. It was terrible. It sounded like the worst the Rolling Stones ever had. <laughs> and I love the Rolling Stones, but come on, man. Some of that stuff on the bootlegs from the old days, the stuff I actually seen with Billy Preston was with them and that, they were all over the joint, you know? Right. They weren't tied at all. They were just the Rolling Stones. It was cool to see them, you know? Right. Well, I just don't want to be part of that. Then... He went to a guy that uh, does some mixing for Sony Music in his own studio in his spare time. In between sessions, he's playing with it. And he made it so I could live with it, but it's, it's really, it's a hack job on the band. The bass player, I don't know what he did. I, we played three nights in a row. We traveled there, you know, bus, you know, kind of weird. I think he was tired, to be honest with you. Right. He ain't a drunk. Like, he really plays a fall down drunk, but he wasn't drunk that night. Uh, Maybe it wasn't me. He don't do it there in the show, so he makes a show that he just falls over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's still rock and roll. I'm mean, going to try to make it anything different. There you uh, go. Rock you and roll. You know, and I did support my father's ashes, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> now, some people have compared you to Cream and, and the Jeff Beck group. Um, do you consider yourself blues and, and uh, R&B? Or you know, what do you consider the genre of music that you do? I'll tell you what I really honestly believe. I believe that I'm exactly what all the young guys are doing to blues now, but I've always done it. Right. I think it's blues rock. That's it. Blues rock. It's very, like, you know, Jimmy Page, say, it was always about the blues. Yes, always. You know, and that's how I feel about what I do. Because everything that I hear in my head and like the most has horns and all that. But again, you know, when I shoot them a price, I can get, like, right now, I have available to you a real horn section. A bunch of old-time black guys have been playing together for years. I got a couple of backup girl singers, Debbie being one of them. I have to be able to play them and make that worth their while. And I can bring them a fabulous show with fabulous players because I have a rule. Nobody works for me that isn't better than me. There you go. And, and honestly, because it ain't about me. It's about the music. Yes. And if all I'm doing is writing the songs... And my strength is writing the music and directing the music because I have odd timings and stuff, which I get in trouble with players all the time. And I said, look, this is the way I wrote it. Don't worry about it. They all want to count. Right. And, you know, listen to me, some of the odd transitions from one part to another in songs by people like Yes or The, or, or the Who or, or Jeff Beck. They're not in count. That's not what they do. Eric Clapton, he counts. <laughs> I don't. You know? Well, you feel it. I mean, you shouldn't you have to. Well, there's a feel I'm creating. See, here's the thing. There's a trick you play with the mind when you write music. Yeah. If you start something with one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, you do it with two measures. 
you have set up the mind to feel that measure, that count, that meter. But then all of a sudden you throw in a one, two, three, four, five, then you go to one, two, three, four again. It makes them feel a funk feel. And you're not playing anything different. Right. Well, so why can't it be in my song if I wrote it? You can do anything you want, Mr. Stone. <laughs> well, anyhow, so so the whole thing is I try to do it, try to work with my strengths. And my strengths are my visualization, the words, the music. It's not my playing. My playing to me is just is okay. I appreciate people liking it, you know, and that's how I feel about that. But when I got a piano player up there that's just really hitting good and a vocalist like Debbie that's doing the supporting vocals, I want to feature her on the song because she's so good. Yes, yeah. really <laughs> you know I, mean? I want you to hear her on, on Don't Try to Change. Well, she has some music. You can probably get her music if you want. Oh, absolutely. You're going to have to actually give me... I'll hook you back. I'll set you up with her. You know, you have to go to the music Yeah. We have another caller, Al. I'm going to go ahead and bring them in so we don't lose them. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Who's this? This is Darcy in Atlanta. Hi, Al. I think you're 
I just think about a pit me out on the clubs to play some music. There you go. That'll work. Kill two birds with one stone. Well, well you know, I thought it'd be a great journey. What do you think, Darcy? If I went down there and just said, okay, I'm nobody, just had a guitar and asked for some shows and sat down and played, do you think I'd find out if I made anything? Find out if you're what? Made of anything. Made of anything? I yeah, think you do great. You know, an artist has to constantly reinvent themselves. If they don't, they're just right. stale. They're over. I think that would be a great idea, but I don't think you'd get away with it because I think you're already so well known that you would be made in a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't know. I've been down Jackson Square like I did when I was down there playing at uh, Tulane College at the frat party. I snuck off and went down to Jackson Square and sat down there with all the go-go players and got money thrown in the guitar cases. Oh, that's hysterical. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I went to the gig and played it, but afterwards, they were trying to get ready to come back to Florida, and I couldn't find me because I was down in Jackson Square <laughs> acting like a local. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now, Darcy, where can we hook up with you? I'm in the Atlanta area. Are you area. on Facebook? Are you yes. on Facebook? Yes, I'm on Facebook under Darcy Schindler. And what was your name again? Carrie Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S. Yeah, and first name is K-E-R-R-I. Okay, I'll look for you on Facebook. Awesome. We'll hook up. Yeah, Al was just talking about my photography. I do a lot of, like, live band photography for local musicians around the Atlanta That's area. That's awesome. Yeah, hook up with me on Facebook, and I'll plug you on my wall so everybody can see you. Oh, that's cool. I have a lot of musician friends who could use you. <laughs> well, okay, I you know I'm going to tell you something. Her live photos are fabulous. Oh, I look forward to seeing them. I mean, there's detail. There's expression. There's the the lights. I don't know, man. Some people just know how to get the right shot. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Aww. It's definitely a talent. Some people thank got you. it and some people don't. So I thank look forward you. to seeing your shots. But I thank you for calling in, Darcy, and hook up with me on Facebook. Okay, I will. Carrie Francis. I'm going to put you on, I'm going to mute you, but if you want to stay online, you can listen to the rest of the show. Oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to the rest of Al's stories. Love you, too, Al. Have a good day. Thanks, Darcy. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. Okay, Al, I am going to play Don't Try to Change Me, and then we will. And this is all Debbie singing back up, and Dana Thomas from Molly Hatchet is playing the bass. Oh, awesome. Okay, don't try to change me. Three minutes, 13 seconds. Oh, hey, one more going. thing. Yes, go the, ahead. Uh, the drummer is Denny Best. He's passed away, but he played for Rufus Thomas, Kenny Neal, Lucky Peterson, Matt Adderley, Joe Beard, James Taylor's brother, Alex. He was the studio drummer for, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, not Alligator Records, but uh, uh, in Sanford, Florida. I can't say something in the record company, but they were like a sister company to Alligator right. for a few years. Well, then we're going to dedicate this song to Don't yeah, try to change me, Al Stone. Three minutes and 13 seconds. We will rejoin you. Enjoy. Okay, Deb, you think you got it? Yeah. All right. It's like, don't try to change me. Don't try to change me. Well, that, that'll do it. <laughs>
we are back with Mr. Al Stone, who is uh, officially inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame and the ambassador to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that, you know, yeah, I got to tell everybody something about that. I, a lot of people uh, uh, act offended about that because there's actually two Blues Hall of Fames. Uh-huh. One of them is a trademark registered with the government as a nonprofit organization to document the history of the blues in the United States as an American heritage music, and that's the one I'm in. Wow. They own the name Blues Hall of Fame or the Blues Hall of Fame, and it's registered with the government and everything. The other one is a Nashville thing where everybody makes a big deal out of it, and everybody makes money from it except for the guy that gets the plaque. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't, I don't, Which you know, I mean, it is what it is. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is run, and the reason why some people refuse to go there and even accept. Yeah, and, it's a, it's a, and I'm honored, you know, I mean, it, and the thing is, I actually even went to Chicago and gave out some to Carl Weathersby, Corey Dennison, who's his second guitarist, uh, uh, Big Daddy Kenzie, Nick, uh, Kenzie Report, well, Big Daddy's dead now, but his kids are still playing. So it's Kenny Kenzie and Ralph Kenzie. They all got him. I set up a ceremony to present them with, you know, and because the guy in Chicago wasn't doing anything. Right. So I went all the way up there at Mike Spence and did that. And it was, it was a really nice thing. We had a big jam night and stuff with everybody playing. And Carl Wesby hosted the jam. He's fabulous, old man. Now, I don't want to not get this in before we have to... Uh, thank you and send your send you on your way. But um, you have like a gajillion websites. <laughs> How do people I, contact you and get your music, hook up with you? What's the best way to do that? Uh, just on my regular Facebook for now. I, I've shut down pretty much everything. I don't use the stuff. Uh, the best thing is if the radio stations that people want to do, they can go to that uh, Airplay Direct. Airplay Direct? Um, because yeah, because they're pretty direct. like a, a web page with all my information, and if you're a bona fide uh, station, you sign up for the full thing, and, and it doesn't cost the um, radio people anything. Okay, so airplaydirect.com or Al Stone on Facebook. Now it's Al. What's your what's your link on Facebook? Uh, just just uh, it would just be Al Stone. Uh, on Facebook, I mean, just the regular page. I put the handbag. <laughs> there's more than one Al Stone, he's a good-looking blues guy with the beard. Yeah, in the say Chicago, Florida. Now, real quick, what's the moped fascination, Mr. Stone? The what? Oh, the moped. <laughs> he has to bring that up. Well, I, I ride a motorcycle my whole life. I mean, as a little kid, my first bike was a Jawa. Then I had an SL350 Honda Scrambler, you know. Then I went to uh, Harley-Davidson's and Kawasaki's. And, you know, and, and I never had a moped. And a friend of mine, I had this vintage basement head that was all hot rod and stuff, which I didn't use anymore. It was, like, beautiful, you know. It was a real thing. And this kid that trains Europe in a punk man is a friend of mine. He lives in Gainesville, Florida. He wanted it, so he said, I'll trade your moped. And I said, what the hell am I going to do with a moped? And he sent me a picture, and I just fell in love with it. So it's just a little hobby. It's like having, you know, local to race cars or airplanes or something. They're cheap. And I'm just doing it. I don't know. It's something to do. There you go. And if you hook up with Mr. Al Stone on Facebook, you can go to his photo albums and see his mopeds. <laughs> yeah, it's called a moped. <laughs> it's actually built in Holland. It's 35 years old. Searching for parts of the thing, but I'm, I'm finding them. <laughs> I used to store cars. I had Fox Body Mustang convertibles that were all like top oh, rods and brand new lifting. Nice. 47 Fords, you know, I had 57 Chevys. I did that. That's awesome. Al, I want to thank you real, uh, you know, real deeply for coming on. We're so honored to that you agreed to doing this show with us. Well, I am honored to be asked, and, you know, I would venture to say that I would do it any time you'd want to do it. I was just going to say, I enjoy it, and I, uh, I know that Michael uh, really felt bad he couldn't be here today. I'm going to play one of your songs and uh, then bring him in for the last 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, he was really sorry he had to drop a load today, and he knew he was not going to be near a phone. So, yeah, we would love to have you back on and, and you know, talk about the things we didn't have a chance to. Hey, do, you, do you have walking cane? We have walking cane, and I want it all. 
I'm gonna play okay. Joseph. I'm gonna play Walking Cane next. So do you want to press? All it? right. Well, let me just say one thing about Walking Cane. Yes. I suffered a heart attack, and I didn't know. I almost didn't make it, and that was recorded. Uh, if you have the live version, it was for a TV show. I do have the live version. And it was recorded like a couple of days after I got out of the hospital. Oh my gosh. Well, the, the, the show was already booked, so I just went ahead and did it. Uh, if you got the speed engine, that was actually recorded live, except for the vocals and the very beginning guitar part that's done with all the acoustic and it's real slow sound before it kicks in. Right. And that was recorded, you know, his studio in his house for 150 bucks. Wow. And it was recorded live other than the vocal overdub. Okay, well, I, I have the one that says live, and if they were both live, I'm not sure which one this is, but I guess we'll nope, that one. No, nope. the one you got, if it says live, is the one that was uh, a couple of days after I got out of the hospital wow. with a very serious heart attack. Well, so glad you're still And it was from a TV show. We were on TV show. They did like four songs. Life would not be the same without you, Mr. Stone. <laughs> well, it's good to be here. Appreciate you coming okay. today, and uh, like I said, we would love to have you back, So, and we talk every day anyway, so we'll be in touch, and again, I want to thank you, and here we are taking Mr. Elstone out with Walking Cane Live. <laughs>